Good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to today's new episode of Xbox One-on-One. Now, we are doing things a little different, and we might continue down this road as we, you know, try and tweak things with this new Xbox show that we're doing weekly. Uh, Obviously, it was originally pitched that it's going to be normally just me and Zemi talking about Xbox news games and doing potentially some uh, reviews of upcoming titles. But today we actually have Kirby Louise here to talk about one of the big topics of today's show. And of course, you've been reading the rumors that a big announcement coming in the next couple of days, potentially as soon as uh, this week, about backwards compatibility on the xbox series x and s and you know what we have kirby louise who of course is not only an amazing community member but he's also a developer who may know a thing or two about what is happening he has an incredible theory as a matter of fact he even has a slideshow that he is going to bring to explain exactly how this is going to be happening and how big of a deal it's going to be towards the fans of older games and quite frankly you know just because a game is old does not make it uh, a game that you may or may not want to play and uh, before we get to kirby let's let's w- welcome in the cog that keeps these shows running you know him as part-time chef part-time <clears throat> gaming site guru i know him as one of my good friends and cog to this show zemi games welcome brother well thank you so much boom dude super excited um yeah, man, I, I I really absolutely love doing this Tuesday show with you, man. It, it really is a lot of fun. We have some excellent topics uh, lined up. And uh, everyone in chat, if you start hearing my teeth chatter, just let me know uh, because it is so freaking cold where I'm at right now. I am so cold right now. Uh, but yeah, boom, super excited to be here, man. Well, thanks for being here. And hopefully you can warm up with a hot cup of tea or something. I prefer <laughs> coffee, but hopefully... Uh, you do have that. Kirby Louise, welcome to the program, brother. You've been on the show before, uh, more specifically the Xbox Factor podca- podcast, but you you reached out to me through DM and you said you wanted to join us when we um, when I was telling you about this particular topic. First of all, excited to have you here. Excited to, you to bring some knowledge here. Welcome to the program, dude. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm real excited to discuss the potential uh, implications of this new rumored technology for back and back games. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. See, look, the one thing, the one thing we have to, uh, to immediately throw to the forefront of the conversation is um, Xbox is doing some things that the other two uh, giants are not. And I'm talking about both Sony and Nintendo and you know a perfect here's a perfect example of why microsoft continues to do it right by their fans uh, and I, and you know something i'm going to immediately put myself into the spotlight here as being one of the problems that the that what i'm going to discuss next it exists uh, uh last week uh nintendo released mario 3d world for the nintendo switch uh the game is getting nines and tens for it's a game that's that's a couple of years old it's basically a rehash and of course i ran to the store and i bought it with the two amiibos and more specifically i went out and bought the mario switch edition after selling my original switch Uh, now did i need a new switch no i did not but did i want the red mario one yes i did 
And um, so obviously, no, digitally, I currently own uh, Mario 3D World on the Wii U. I actually still have it hooked up because my, my nephew Tyler comes over and he still likes to play on it. So that's why it's still uh, hooked up to the TV. But my, they could have easily said, hey, listen, if you, you know, if you have this digital edition, all you have to do is give us $10 and we'll just move it over. But no, I went out and I paid 60 bucks because I'm a fan of the of Mario. I'm a fan of Nintendo. But more specifically, Mario 3D World is one of my favorite games. Like, I really, really enjoy it. And I'm having just as much fun now. Um, another example, Sony. That I have currently sitting literally in my collector's case next to me the collector's edition of Neo 2 and Neo 1. And they just released a $70 edition with both of those PlayStation 5 games with the visual upgrades. Um, now, obviously, it would be nice to know that I could, uh, that I, I, I'm, I'm not even sure if I will get the visual upgrades with Neo 1 and 2 if I put them in my PlayStation 5, or do I actually have to buy the special uh, two pack that's $70? But either or, it's pretty gross that they're charging $70 for these old games. Now, this is where we start getting into the, the weeds of things with why Microsoft is doing things right. And, uh, you know, news on backwards compatibility for the Xbox Series X and S is rumored to be coming shortly, like I said in the opening. According to GameRant, where I pulled this story, news on how backwards compatibility will work for the Xbox Series X should be arriving soon, according to Jason Ronald, the director of Project Pro product management at Microsoft, who recently sat down with friend of this show, Larry Herb, also known as Major Nelson. And the conversation touched on multiple topics, including backwards compatibility. Now, regarding the uh, backwards compatibility, um, it's expected that the next enhancement for games that obviously are, are, are considered backwards compatible that, that I would imagine will include Xbox, Xbox 360, and I'm assuming even some Xbox One games are going to get a double addition of frame rate. That's right. They're doubling the FPS on many of these older games. Now, Kirby, I want to bring you right into the conversation here because you have a pretty incredible theory on how they're going to do that. Now, before you bring up your slideshow, I, 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 I want you to kind of just bring the fans in as to what exactly are they doing. So, yeah, thanks. So for those who aren't aware, this rumor comes from a, uh, a Spanish channel by the name of El Analista de Bits, which it's like a Digital Foundry-like channel. Um, on YouTube, and he put out a tweet on his Twitter that said, oh, on the 17th, which is tomorrow, I'm going to have some interesting content available for Xbox fans, and um, because of the nature of that channel, and because of the uh, the pre the uh, last summer, I believe they mentioned this FPS doubling tech for games with locked frame rate, um, people are uh, theorizing that this is going to be what's revealed tomorrow and he ended up deleting the tweet later on probably nda reasons but yeah you know it, the cat's out of the bag now <laughs> yeah all right um but and one other thing i want to make clear is what games this is going to work on because it's not all of them okay and so the 
there are some criteria. One, the frame rate has to be locked via vSync okay. to either 30 or 60 frames per second. Games with unlocked frame rates are already benefiting from boost on the backwards compatibility on Series X and S. Two, it cannot be a game that ties even a single line of code to the frame rate. Like, game logic cannot be tied to the frame rate whatsoever. If it even one thing, it's off the table. Okay. Secondly, you're likely going to need a 120 hertz capable display to double any 60 frames per second games that are eligible. Okay. I mean, it, it, it sounds very specific. I would imagine that a lot of the older games were probably locked. Uh, like, for instance, would Ninja Gaiden be one of those games? It, that... it could be. I mean, I'll, when I explain it, it'll it'll start to make more sense. But, like, if we were talking, like, NES and SNES and Genesis games, yeah, like, those wouldn't work. Um, anyone who's used an emulator with uh, turbo functionality will know exactly why. Because those games tie everything to the frame rate. Gotcha, gotcha. But with the advancements in and the jump to 3D, we uh, were able to... And uh, move away from that into something that's called delta um, rendering, okay. which is what enables this. Uh, what's it called? This boosting. All right. So I'm going to hit up the. Where is it? Screen share. Hold on. There we go. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna add this to the screen, folks. Like I said, this the the gameplay that you normally see will be coming as soon as this slideshow is done, but. We're gonna we're gonna allow Kirby to kind of you know run with his theory on how this is going to get done. And first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this because obviously I certainly don't have the tech skills to do a slideshow. Yes, to, to talk about what you're going to break down for everyone that's listening uh, is certainly a big deal. And uh, so, uh, uh, Zemi, we will come back to you as soon as he's done with this slide. So, so uh, Kirby, take it away, brother. All right, so here's my theory on how the back-compat FPS doubling works. First, though, we need to understand how normal back-compat for locked frame rate games works. So, normally when you are displaying a game, your GPU contains a special piece of silicon known as the display encoder. It has two primary jobs. Transform the final frame in VRAM, that's the memory on the GPU, into an HDMI signal your display can understand. Secondly, handle special non-audiovisual signals. They're kind of like commands to and from the GPU slash display. So this is enter VSync, the technique used by games to lock frame rates to a certain target. It works by the display tells the GPU when it's ready to refresh, which is why if you you know if you've played games on PC and you disable VSync you will often get tearing because the synchronization is not being, uh, well, the GPU is ignoring the synchronization request of the monitor. So here you can see it says, I'm ready to display a new same, send it over, Roger. And then what will happen is while vSync processes between the display encoder, the GPU reports the status back to the driver, which is the piece of software that controls what the GPU does. The driver in turn, checks to see if it's a game with a lower target frame rate lock than the display refresh rate and only informs the game that a vsync has occurred if 
in, if it's on the right interval. So like 30 FPS on 60 Hertz will only inform the game every other refresh. 30 on 120 is every four refreshes and 60 on 120 is every other refresh. Mm. So normally what it'll do, but the way VSync works is that it doesn't, you kind of have to send over, like you can't just not send over a frame. You have to send it over to whatever the monitor's refresh rate is. So if you're playing on a higher refresh rate display than the game runs at in frame rate, your video encoder has to take the previous frame, duplicate it, and you know, and resend it over HDMI to your display. Then, once it's actually time to refresh, the GPU driver will tell the game it's it's ready. The game will produce a new frame, and then finally, the GPU video encoder will send it over to your display. Nice. I I I, I, lo I love the. Uh... <laughs> The uh, the back and forth with the, uh, with, the, with, the with the with the with the comic uh, bubbles. That I'm, I mean, it's called when the commands is is the terminology we use for it is called talking to each other. So yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense, dude. Well, listen, let me. Okay, so now that you you've showed this to us, right? Oh, uh, there's still like four oh, more okay. slides. So, right. Sorry, this is so now under enhanced back compat with the doubling. So under FPS doubling, the driver lies to the game about when it's time to refresh, instead telling the game to refresh every single interval or twice as often. And then, so you can see here, it's like, oh, it, t it tells the game it's time to refresh, even though it's not supposed to be running above uh, 60 hertz or something. Okay. And then it sends it over, and then that would be the normal one. So... And then one other method that's possible is in DirectX, we have this method called present one. And this is what kind of sets up the, how the game tells the GPU to set up the VSync. Um, okay. And if you were to say, uh, use this with a zero as the um, argument or the parameter, it would set that's VSync off with a one that is, whatever the display's maximum refresh rate is, a two would be half of that, three would be a third, four, a fourth, et cetera. So if, so another option is at, which I think is a little unlikely, but at the driver level, we could transform all, uh, do it at one or do it every other frame, basically make the twos all ones. Okay, so basically right. what you're saying is that, you know, okay, so, so here's my question. My question is, this seems like it does take, like, you have to want to do this. Like, like Jason Ronald and his team had to have sat down and said, you know something? It's great that we can play older games and uh, on, on your, your new consoles. And, and we know that they, they, that Microsoft specifically has, has said that they, they think generations are important meaning the OG Xbox, the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, and, of course, current titles are going to be released for the Series X and S. So they had to want to do this. My question to you is how big of a deal is this going to be for older games, more specifically the Xbox game community? Is this, is this something that is, is going to be done and we may not see this done by Sony and Nintendo? Uh, I, yeah, like, like I said, said, this requires, um, 
a lot of low-level kind of tinkering with the operating system and the driver and potentially even some special hardware. I'm, I mean, I'm not a silicon engineering expert, so maybe you could do it with any bog standard uh, GPU, but I don't think that Sony or Nintendo, even though technically they could, but they just don't have the the know-how to get this to get this done in a timely manner to kind of respond or counter this from Xbox. Okay. I mean, again, it's it, so basically this is going to be this is going to be exclusive at least for the time being, and uh, we, we can expect that. You know, I mean, listen, we, we Nintendo is Nintendo. They they have always been walking to their beat of their own drum. So I don't see anything even remotely coming close to this. Rather, I don't even know if we're going to get a, a, a Switch Pro like has been rumored. For Sony, I definitely don't see Sony doing this because Sony wants to make money the same way they're trying to charge seventy dollars for two old games where I own them and I'm not even sure if I'm going to get the same advancements. I mean, because I know that one of the big things with Neo is that it runs at 120 frames per second. Well, I have two. I have both games right here. Um, is am I going to get that advantage? I honestly I don't know, and probably not. So this is a big deal. Zemi, l- l- let's get Zemi's games uh, in, in on the conversation. Zemi, yeah. look, I, I, again, you, you're a much, much more tech-savvy dude than I am, which is why I come to you with a lot of questions. Obviously, this is this goes way over my brain pan, but the way that uh, that Kirby broke it down, is, for, at least for me, was readily understandable. For you, as someone that has a backlog as probably as tall as you are, how big of a deal is this if you are someone that enjoys playing some of the older Xbox games? You know, I don't think that this is, you know, um, a deal maker necessarily. I don't think that this is going to drive a lot of people over to the Xbox brand so that they can play, you know, uh, and, and as Kirby said, you know, whatever games that this, you know, will affect is is still kind of unknown. It just depends on the actual coding of the game, how the like the frame lock is, is you know, implemented. But I don't think that, you know, this move is going to bring... Uh, you know, Sony players over to the Xbox brand so they can play Red Dead Redemption 2 and 6. Well, I'm sorry, that's already in 60. Um, Ninja Gaiden uh, in, you know, 60 frames per second, per se, right? Um, but what I think that this really does is, and it kind of shows what Xbox has been doing here recently, is enough small changes, you know, small, you know, additions add up to be a huge thing. And that huge thing being, you know, the Xbox platform, right? Um, so so it's not so much about how big of a thing this is. It's just the fact that they're doing it whenever they don't need to be doing it. Um, and, and I think I've made this point, you know, on, on previous shows as well, is, is that Xbox has really been going out of their way to add things that they literally really don't even need to be adding, but they're doing it because they know that some gamers will appreciate it. And that really speaks volumes of the Xbox brand, you know, who they are, what they believe their company is about. And, and, it, and it will undoubtedly resonate with gamers. With all of the gamers, no, because not all, every gamer is going to want to go back and play these older uh, games, even if they are in 60 frames per second. But it, it, it really is, uh, you know, fanfare to a lot of gamers. And to kind of touch on the whole Nintendo PS uh, situation of, you know, adapting this. I would be kind of shocked if they did, uh, because <clears throat> you know, you know, wh- whenever you look at it on paper, it may not seem like you know the the most 
I guess, complex thing. Um, just, just by, just by like design, like you would imagine, okay, well, you know, these, you know, these two software companies, they could just go at it and get it done, but it's going to take a tremendous amount of time. Time is money to these companies. And there really isn't a big reason or a big drive. They, they don't, they're, they're not really going to hear a lot from their pre-existing fan bases, you know, a lot of clamoring that they want this type of uh, feature on, on, you know, the Nintendo console, on the PlayStation consoles. Uh, so I would be really shocked if we saw PlayStation or Nintendo do this, because uh, it's not the biggest, biggest deal. Um, but once again, enough small things add up to be one really big thing. And we can see that that's kind of Xbox's direction with a lot of what they've been doing these last couple of years. Uh, so it's great to see that, you know, they're interested in doing this. Um, I mean, honestly, just the fact that they allow uh, the level of backwards compatibility in the first place is a huge, huge, huge win uh, that really kind of set them apart, you know, this upcoming generation from previous generations. And it definitely helped where they didn't have a huge number of launch titles. It kind of made that not that big of a deal because, yeah, you know, you didn't have that many launch titles, but you still had all of the games from the previous generation, which, you know, you could play on your new hardware, which couldn't be said in years before, right? Um, so, you know, not the biggest, you know, news story, not the biggest deal. Uh, of course it will be for some gamers, but you know, it kind of doesn't have to be. And it's just great to see that Xbox is doing things like this. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. I, I do think that this is something to be commended again. They don't have to do this. This, this is thinking, uh, out very, I would even say way outside of the box because they could simply just say, yeah, well, you know, your games just run on the console and hey, good for you. But they're taking it to another level and doing things that, again, you, like you said, a lot, a lot of what goes into the design of these consoles is money. Time equals money. And they're still finding a way to add additional things that don't necessarily have to be added, but they're doing it because of fan service. Uh, let me just thank two people that dropped two Super Chats. First of all, we have Anthony O, or I believe it's OA. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thanks First of all, thanks for being here, brother. And thank you for the outstanding $2 Super Chat. And it says, keep doing what you what you do, Mr. Boom. Thank you very much for that. And a good friend, generous friend of the show, PixelBitG, drops an outstanding $5 Super Chat. And says, I think some of these things are more than just fan service. To me, Auto HDR is more of a verification that machine learning is a real thing on the series platform. That's a great point, dude. That is a great, great, great point. I mean, listen, I, th there's not much more that could be said about this. All I can say is that uh, in the next week or two, we are expecting some pretty big Xbox news. I don't necessarily know if it's uh, acquisitions, new game announcements, or... Uh, the confirmation of uh, you know some shows that they have coming up, but uh, from what I understand and what has been relayed to me, there should be some big news dropping in the next few days. And listen, this is a great way to kick it off. And again, Kirby, thanks so much for giving us the the, the technical breakdown. I think there's a lot of people in the chat that didn't expect it. I think a lot of people appreciate it. I certainly do. And of course, Zemi, thank you for bringing your knowledge into the conversation. But you know something? Look, here, here's the thing. I want to move on to topic number two, and this one came, comes to us late. And I, and, and I want to just start off with the word of caution because, you know, prior to the show going live, we had Word. And uh, and I, I actually watched Randall Thor's video from yesterday 
regarding the potential of Techland becoming a Microsoft first-party studio. Now, obviously, uh, we have this on two different points of uh, of authority, and I'm going to break down where these came from and and where and where we're getting the information that maybe want to make this a topic of conversation. And again, treading ever so lightly because there are some news stories saying that Techland is 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 out there saying no, no, we're we're not getting acquired. But let let's let's for shits and giggles, let's continue the conversation as if they are and where I got the information from. Now, um, obviously, and and this is where it gets kind of funny. It's almost to the point of being silly. When you say the word Xbox, normally um, you're going to think like, uh, you know, Xbox Live, or more specifically Xbox Game Pass, which we're going to be talking about in a second uh, because they got some big games being added, and one of which I, I cannot stop gushing over. Um, but the word acquisition, Zemi, seems to be almost a weekly thing. And I, and I get that some people get a little, I, I guess, I, I guess it gets a little long in the tooth, but here's the thing. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a YouTuber, a very popular YouTuber who has almost three quarters of a million subscribers by the name of Jeremy, Jeremy ACG Penter claimed that on the, on the podcast, Defining Duke, that Microsoft is seeking to purchase a 2021 video game exclusive. Uh, in the process of doing so, Microsoft would also acquire the developer slash publisher. ACG, however, didn't outright say it was Techland specifically, though he did say that he knew people there and that he wouldn't be the one to be spilling the beans. Now, this is where we start getting into the weeds once again. The additional details come instead from a second insider slash leaker who goes by the name of Special Ed on Twitter. Now, if you don't know who he is, he is a prominent leaker for many things, specifically when it comes to Xbox. And here is uh, what he's, uh, this, uh, Special Ed says that after digging around, they found out that a, what AG, a, ACG was talking about was, in fact, Techland. The, um, the video game ACG refers to is also said to be Dying Light 2. Special Ed does not make this claim with certainty, though he did make it very clear. This is what, uh, again, he said this on his Twitter regarding the digging around. Now, the rumor... In some, in summary, is that Microsoft is in pursuit of, or in pursuit of, or, or has already made a deal to acquire Techland and perhaps a console exclusivity deal for Dying Light 2 in the process. The leaks don't make it clear whether Microsoft is still pushing for the deal or if the deal has already been finalized. Though these leaks offer no source of compelling evidence other than ACG's predictions, which to be honest, has had a mixed track record, but Special Ed, who has made accurate big uh, calls in the past, makes me kind of wonder if this is true. Now, perhaps not coincidentally, there are other rumors that could be tied, could be tied to this acquisition if accurate. For example, in January, Techland mentioned that Dying Light 2 news would be coming soon. Another rumor says that they have a yet uh, that 
there's a yet to be announced Xbox event in mid February, which we don't know about possibly. Zemi, look, with rumors, we have to take everything with a grain of salt. Mm. Uh, I know that you immediately said, hey, boom, take a look at these. Just want to throw this out there to you. Techland is saying nay, but just for shits and giggles. Now, again, this is all speculation. This is all grain of salt. This is, you know, I, 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 I obviously gave the two specific people that started talking about this. And obviously, you know, ACG didn't mention Techland. But, you know, Dying Light 2 has had a, I don't want to say a rocky development. This game was supposed to be out a couple of years ago. And it was supposed to launch, and we always wondered why it didn't. Was it in development hell? Was what Were they having financial uh, uh, issues? Because Techland is not that big of a company. And before we even heard about, uh, you know, this particular acquisition, Zemi, we did hear uh, in the middle of last year that Microsoft was in Poland potentially shopping not one but two big-time publishers slash developers. What what are your thoughts on this, you know, with, with Techland? I mean, obviously, they have Dying Light 1, which is still getting content, which is insane. And obviously, Dying Light 2 is a big project. These are two big, big IPs that have a huge fan base. Would this be a good acquisition? And do you think that there's anything to this? Um, you know, so so you you do mention something very very interesting there, and that and that's the whole Poland thing. And and we did hear a lot of rumors. Um, you know, six months, a year back, um, that Xbox was you know looking around in Poland that they were interested in acquiring a studio in Poland. Um, you know, or or something along those lines. So you know that you know for for that you know this definitely hits that check uh, that checkbox right. Um. But the but the main thing that just keeps coming back to me is 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 you know those articles stating that um, you know and, and Techland you know stating that they're not being acquired right and you know I, I I just don't understand the idea of them just coming out and and doing a flat out lie like that right you know if it, if it was true I would imagine them more to being just you know radio silent. Uh, rather than coming out and 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 just making a bold, you know, flat out lie. Um, so for that reason, I, I don't really, you know, think, you know, there there's a lot of validity here uh, as far as you know, Techland uh, acquisition. I, I don't think that uh, it, it is probably the acquisition that we should be looking at. What I think would actually be uh, an even, you know, more interesting, um, you know, conversation is what it what studios fall into ACG's, um, you know, prediction that uh, a game that's coming out in 2020, um, Xbox is looking to acquire or get exclusive rights to while also, you know, getting the company. I would love to see, you know, a full list of like all the studios that we, you know, can speculate are coming out with a game this year and, and, and that would be willing to join up with Xbox. I think that, that would be, uh, you know, a, an amazing future topic, maybe even for Thursday's show possibly. Um now, as far as you know, how good of an acquisition Techland would be, I think it would be a fairly good acquisition. Um, I, I think that there's definitely companies out there that I would personally like to see Microsoft acquire. I think would be in some ways better suited to being acquired by Microsoft. Um, but you know, I, Techland's not a bad pick. Um, 
I, you know, I pulled up their Wikipedia. I don't know if they actually own these IP. I would have, I would just presume that they do. But uh, Call of Juarez um, really enjoyed that game. Fantastic that was actually game. quite damn. That was quite good, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good game, and that's honestly probably the the only thing that I would really be excited for. Um, uh, Dead Island. I played the first one. That was pretty fun. I played it with a friend. Um, uh, and then of course I've never played Dying Light. Um, but you know, I, and, 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 and having those two kind of more horror titles kind of has me hesitant on whether or not Techland is a good acquisition, not because I'm a coward. I mean, everyone knows I'm a coward, right? I don't like <laughs> scary games. I get that, but I'm thinking more from like an actual, you know, variety is the spice of life and marketing approach. They have a lot of horror games right now, right? You know, they, they have, um, Hellblade, which isn't straight up horror, but uh, it definitely has that creepy vibe to it. They have Project Mara. Um, they 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 have um, you know the 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 medium, which is um, you know I, I think like a timed exclusive, but you know is still you know an exclusive. And then of course they have um, State of Decay. So and there might be some other horror titles that I'm forgetting as well. So from that approach, I don't think it's the best acquisition because. Uh, it, it, you know, that studio is offering them a lot of things that they kind of already have a decent bit of already. Right. Um, whereas I would kind of like to see them more go along the line of getting, um, you know, a, a platformer, um, or getting a fighter game or, you know, or like, you know, getting a studio that makes fighting games or getting a studio that makes really good platformers or getting a studio that makes really, really good child friendly content. Right. Um, that's what I would kind of like to see them more get out of an acquisition rather than Techland. But, um, you, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say it would be the worst acquisition possible. I just don't think it's very likely from the information I've seen. Um, and, 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 and yeah, pretty much. I mean, listen, it, it makes sense. Obviously, if they're saying no, then it's probably no. But I, I, I just I just find it so when you start hearing different YouTubers making content and we're not talking mm -hmm. about people we don't know. I, I mean, I watched obviously Randall Thor, who is a friend of the show. And obviously I'm a friend of his show as well. He's a friend of the community. Uh, and he's not the, you know, he's, you know, he just surpassed 75,000 subs, which is incredible. Uh, good. And, uh, and well-deserved. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that, that amount, but you know what? Dreams do come true. So, uh, but I, I don't see him running with a story uh, that he doesn't feel confident about. And again, we've heard the Poland uh, conversation before. We've heard sure. Techland before. We've heard uh, people can fly. You know what I'm saying? There's Bloober team. There's there's, there's sev several teams that I think would make uh, proper acquisitions. I just checked right now. They're there. There's they have 300 plus employees at Techland. Um, and that seems like that again. It it really does kind of fall into what Microsoft. Uh, you know, likes to look for when it comes to acquisitions. And uh, again, I, again, we're going to know uh, shortly whether or not there's any truth to this. Uh, you know, obviously, there's going to be a point where Microsoft is going to be talking acquisitions. We don't know when that's going to be. Um, I don't expect anything until March 5th, which is when the um, Bethesda deal is supposed to be inked, to, uh, you, know, uh, you know, like pen to paper. And once that's officially done, then I would imagine we could possibly hear anything. But, you know, Kirby Louise, let, let, let's get your opinion on this. Now, look, acquisitions is something that we're going to continue to talk about until Microsoft says otherwise. Because, obviously, 
thanks to the uh, the interview with Satya Nadala right after the acquisition of Bethesda, he made it perfectly clear that they're not done yet and that they're continuing to look to build. He actually said something to the effect, why should we build from scratch when we can just certainly buy? And that makes sense. And to add a lot of these studios, like a People Can Fly, like a Bloober team, potentially like a Techland, you bring a lot of talent for games uh, that a lot of people really enjoyed. Uh, again, we don't know, and we're probably not going to know, you know, maybe even to the middle of the year, maybe not to leave three, but when you start hearing other people that have been known to leak things in the past and have been spot on, could there be smoke or should I say, sh- could there be fire with their smoke? Well, my policy surrounding leaks and insiders, or source TM, as I like to call them, yeah, is yeah. Uh, is I don't is that uh, if they don't have a spotless track record, they need to, that they should like no proof. I don't I don't buy it. Okay, know, makes sense. Than, makes sense. Any more than saying my uncle works at Nintendo and he says blah blah blah. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm really, I'd have to, you know, look at that person's track record, kind of decide for myself. I'm, I didn't, you know, I don't know about the, much about the person you're, that you said was, what was his name? Uh, well, I mean, special the, ed. I don't, yeah, special I don't, ed, yeah. yeah, I don't know much about what he's claimed or leaked or what, you know, whatnot. So, Unfortunately, I can't really make a decision, you know, on if I think his uh, leak is any good or not. But as for um, is Microsoft like would Techland be a good acquisition? I believe was the other question. Yeah. Um, that's another one. Or unfortunately, I haven't played any of their games, so I, I would have no idea. Um. But, I mean, so, I mean, are, are you familiar with Dying Light? To an extent, I think I've watched one gameplay video of it. <laughs> okay. Um, but I just don't think that they that 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 um they would be the best option for an acquisition for Microsoft. That it, not that they would be bad or anything, but there are better options that I think would take priority as it, like Zemi said, uh, more rounding out the portfolio of uh, Xbox game studios with, you know, whatever they're missing right now. Well, I mean, for me personally, one of the things that they're missing is, 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 is family fun platformers, which of course, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be beating the, I want a new Kirby. Uh, I'm a new Kirby. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. New- I want a new Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, I, I, I've been calling for that for, for quite some time. And I know a lot of people in the community are like, well, you know, it's just another platformer. But if you're a fan of platformers and, and Microsoft is looking to do things with Game Pass by offering a significant uh, value, uh, a proposition that in, that has a, a wide range of games to play, then they, they need to, to continue to add to that. And I think that would be a big one. But uh, listen, folks, again, this, is, this, is, this came in late. I mean, shortly before we went live, and I and obviously I did pull enough information to want to make it a topic. I'm interested to know what you guys and gals think. Um, 
what what where do you want to see Microsoft uh, take their next acquisition? Would would Techland be something uh, that you would be happy with? Would, you know, would you like to see um, you know uh, Dying Light two become a, a, a console exclusive? I, I mean, I, I certainly would. I love the first one. Zemi would might might play this because there's co op. I think he would still. Oh, be I would. Right. No, I, I would play it. I yeah. would play. If it yeah. if it has co op, I will play it. Yeah, I mean you're you're going to be running for your life most of the time, but at least yeah. you can fight back. So yeah. Well, now now boom, you know how usually I let you go through every every door first. Yes. Now I whenever whenever we're in situations like that, I want to be in the front, right? I don't want to be the guy in the back getting chased, right? Because <laughs> because worst case scenario, I want you to die first. Um, but no, yeah. Um, but also, boom, just real quick. I mean, not not to not to just backpedal here. Um, but one one thing that 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 you know, just one aspect of this that really fascinates me is, you know, there there is ultimately going to be a limit on how many studios Xbox or Microsoft is going to be willing to acquire, right? There is going to be some cutoff point. We don't know what that's going to be. You know, rumors are, you know, that 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 they're that they're potentially looking to get a maximum of thirty studios, right? Yes. Um, but there eventually will be a cutoff point. There has to be. They're a business. They're a smart business. That's why they're making you know a lot of money, right? Um, so whenever you take that into consideration, you would imagine that there's only going to be a limited number of, you know, more acquisitions that they're going to be willing to get with taking that into consideration is Techland a company that you would like to see them acquire, or do you think that there would be better companies suited that you're, you know, just better companies that you would rather see them get, um, if they only have, you know, uh, seven more spots on their, on their roster to fill, you know, is Techland, you know, one of the, one of the players, you know, uh, that you would want to see them, you know, get for their team. That's actually a, that's a good question. Uh, and you know, something to be honest with you, based on my enjoyment with, um, Dying Light one, I didn't beat it, uh, uh, sadly enough, but I did play enough of it to say that, yeah, I'm a fan of, of, of the franchise, uh, and and to know what we're going to be getting with uh, the different factions and the different paths you can choose uh, with uh, um, Dying Light 2, I, I would think that, yes, I, I would be okay with them acquiring them, to be honest with you, because gotcha. I think that they are a strong enough studio that, yes, have they only made those two particular games and, and Call of Juarez that, that most people know? Yes, but, they, but what it proves... Is that they do have the chops to bring uh, a big AAA game to Xbox, and again, you know, we, we don't know outside of Halo Infinite what else is coming in 2021 for Xbox. I mean, we can all sit here and summarize and and potentially, you know, guesstimate that yeah, sure, we're going to probably get a new Forza. I mean, I think that's that's probably granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and but 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 past though past. You know, Halo Infinite and Forza, we we really don't know. And if Microsoft is going to be short AAA bombs because they, they start rolling out next year with Hellblade. Because, again, I still think Hellblade is this year. I, I'm probably wrong, but it could very well be. Um, but for all, you know, for all uh, uh, purposes for the conversation, maybe they need a third or fourth game that's not necessarily coming from the first party games that they're working on with the 23 studios. I mean, I don't necessarily know. Is, is, is this, does this, does the Techland or next studio, let's say for instance, it's not Techland. 
Let's say, for instance, it's another studio that has a AAA game coming out that they want to be in their lineup, to be in Game Pass, to be exclusive to the console this year. Is it necessary for Microsoft to make this purchase? I don't know. But it's certainly interesting. Uh, and uh, again, I don't think anyone in this chat, and we have, I'm not even sure how many people I kind of just walked away. We have almost 300 people here, which is awesome. Uh, that, you know, we could see another potential. See, what I'm hoping for, to be honest, as great as Bethesda is going to be for Xbox, and I think we can all say that wholeheartedly, and, I, and, I, and I'm saying that because Thursday's show is going to be pure hellfire. And I think there's going to be a lot of big opinions. You know, Zemi still sits with the he doesn't like the exclusive things. And, and that's going to come back in full force because we're going to be talking about it once again this Thursday because it, it, it was raging out of control um, as the, the, the March 5th uh, s- signature date looms. I'm not sure if anyone's been paying attention to social media, but there were a lot of people including some big, big names like Andrea Renee, for instance. Now, I'm, I don't watch her stuff, but I know that she is hell-bent and believes that all of these, these IPs are going to be going to Sony's PlayStation 5, which I, am, I, I, I beg to differ. That's just my opinion. But we're going to get into that into deep detail on Thursday's Xbox Factor podcast. But I do want to, I think there's a couple of Super Chats came in. There's one right here. Let me just read this, but I don't want to miss anything. King One Supreme uh, drops an outstanding $2 Super Chat and says, Microsoft has too many first-person games by Remedy or Sobo. I mean, listen, dude, I'm right there with you. I think Remedy would be a tremendous addition because I want a new Alan Wake, and we got a, <laughs> we got a small taste of that. With the control, uh, you know, the AEW uh, uh, DLC for control, which I'm playing through right now, and it's pretty dope. But I, I kind of want, as, as great as it is to hear his voice, as great it is to see what Alan Wake looks like on next-gen consoles, to be honest with you, I, I thoroughly enjoyed control. Like, I really enjoyed that. I, I want an official, uh, you know... Alan Wake too, like I, you know, because obviously we had Alan Wake, we had Alan Wake's American Nightmare. I honestly want. I know Zemi doesn't want it because he doesn't like. I horror. want another Quantum Break, man. Oh, I agree. Yes, goodness gracious, I would love another Quantum Break. Uh, now I don't do the Alan Wake because it's scary, but uh, <laughs> Quantum Break, I, I can, I can, you know, back that horse, you know, throughout the entire Derby. You know, uh, I really, really, really enjoy uh, enjoyed Quantum Break. I would love to see them do that. Uh, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of like older, you know, um, first party exclusives that Xbox did, like in the beginning of the xbox one generation like rise like i would love to see another rise and everyone I, and I in hope. this chat we have 300 people here i think everyone would agree Man. with you i think, it, I think it's almost a uh, it's almost a travesty of yeah. video game justice that we don't have a rise to yeah no i agree uh, there, there's a lot of games i would love to see them revisit you know the same way that you uh feel about um um, 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 um banjo kazooie i kind of feel about rise and 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 um uh, quantum break I, I would just love to see those games come back yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree. Listen, real quick, RRD drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, hit that like button. And I definitely appreciate that, brother. Thank you very much for the channel support and, of course, your generosity. Uh, but you know what? Listen, I have another topic here. Now, this is... <laughs> I am not letting this go. There, there are certain... you know. You, listen, <laughs> I, I, 
and, and you're laughing because you know where I'm going with this. Look, here's the thing, folks. Uh, I, I think that it, at some point with my complaining or distaste for Halo 5 story, and I've been playing Halo 5, by the way. I'm doing some, uh, you know, recording some video for the show. Um, and uh, it, graphically, it's it's a masterpiece. If you have not picked up Halo 5 in a while and you have a Series X, give, give at least load up some of the Master Chief levels. They're not, there's not many of them, unfortunately, but there's enough to give you a glimpse as to what 343 can bring to Halo Infinite. Now, I bring Halo Infinite into the conversation once again because, again, I'm putting on my conspiracy hat here, folks, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not letting this go. Uh, I am sorry to say that I think that there's something here. Now, again, if you want to tune out and you're like, okay, Boom has lost it, I hear you. But I would say just stick around so I can at least present my case to you, and then you can tell me if I'm a lunatic or not. Now, we have been talking Halo Infinite for a lot of reasons. But recently, we have been talking about Halo Infinite having a side piece or a side project, if you will. Now, we talked about it last week on the Xbox Factor podcast, and the th- ma- the community manager at 343 decided to shoot a torpedo into my theory. But <laughs> I have an additional theory, and I'm going to put on my Halo conspiracy hat, and I want you to take a trip down to Speculation Town, folks, because quite frankly, I think you're going to enjoy this topic, Okay. Now I have some rumors as uh, as the of of what the second project could potentially be, and and I'm going to say something that's so out so off kilter, so crazy that there may be some truth to it. Now look, Halo is a lot of things. Now with Halo Infinite coming, we know confirmed that we are getting some incredible Master Chief uh, worthy content. I, and, and, and I think it's safe to even assume that Master Chief is probably going to be the main the, the main part of the game. I mean, you're going to, again, the, the original rumor said that there was going to be some side story, side missions that you could potentially find. But I think that the game is mostly going to be with Master Chief. Now, with that said, I think it's okay to admit that if there is a second Halo game in development, it could potentially not star Master Chief, and most of us would be okay with it, simply because we have Master Chief. This isn't like a Halo 5 situation where, you know, we only got him for three out of the eight, 11 levels, which was awful, right? But this is where I put my Halo conspiracy hat on. I, and I think a lot of people in this chat will admit that <laughs> um uh, real, real funny real funny 6a says no oh no you're you're crazy no matter what but we're still here though i appreciate the honesty brother thank you for that um i think there we have heard zemi that 343 wanted to do some different things with halo and I think that I have, we've seen small glimpses of what a third person Halo would look like when Master Chief grabs one of the big guns, right? Mm-hmm. And he's and he's walking around. And I have seen that, and I say, like, well, I wish I could play the whole game like this. And I think there are a lot of people in the chat that you know that would probably want a third person, um, uh, you know, 
potential third-person Halo game, even if it's starring another character that's not Master Chief. But one of the things that's very interesting is I pulled a story from July 27th of 2020, where 343 Industries has confirmed that the Halo Infinite is going to be taking place on on uh, on a on a piece of Halo lore known as Zeta Halo. This is also known as Installation 07. Now, if you're not familiar with that, and again, I I don't know all of the lore. I haven't read all the books. I'd be the first one to uh, to talk about, you know, to, to admit that. But Zeta Halo is something I do know because they do experiments on the flood there. And what's interesting is that Zeta Halo is going to be the location where Infinite is supposedly, and this is confirmed by 343. So this is where I put on my hat for a second. Now, we know for a fact that Halo Infinite is set sometime after the 19th of September on tw- in 2561. And it would then place it three years after the conclusion of Halo 5 Guardians. And there's that three-year unknown block of what happened to mankind that we're probably going to get uh, filled in either through cutscenes or potentially played out in real time. We, we don't actually know. But this is where I start to kind of, my, my wheels start to, you know, to turn a little bit, Zemi. Now, okay, now th- my theory comes on the original leak that came from the 4chan forums, which stated that there would be side missions that included many characters found throughout the Halo universe that include Atriox, Arbiter, Locke, Palmer, and many others. It would be pretty dope, to be honest with you, if we saw something, and and I want to bring up, see, I, I specifically put Hive Busters, as the gameplay in the background for today's show for this particular topic, because I think that the Hive Busters DLC is something that Microsoft may, in fact, go to for future titles moving forward. This is a huge success. It didn't get as much advertising as I would have personally liked, but I think that seeing something that's anywhere between three to five hours is a side story could potentially come to something like a Halo Infinite, and I, I and I'm and I'm banking on. And again, this is this is a real reach here, folks. This is what I want. I don't. I have no proof to this, but I would love to see a, th- a three to five hour side story with a third person horror Halo story based on the flood. And I don't know if this is going to come to fruition or not. Again, it's a huge, huge stretch here, but I think that I might be onto something because, again, what they did with Hive Busters, I think it was so successful. It cannot be ignored. And why shouldn't something like this come to Halo Infinite? Now, I'm not saying it's going to launch side by side. They just, again, they just said that they were looking for a producer to work on Halo Infinite. Well, yeah. Yeah. They're not actually lying and saying he's not working on Halo Infinite. Maybe he's working on Halo Infinite, the side a side story that could potentially be like Hive Busters. Now, Zemi, I know that I said a, potentially a lot, and I know this is a stretch, but based on all of the information, could there actually be a side story set up like Hive Busters 
that is within Halo Halo Infinite's universe. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if like the whole Hive Buster phenomenon is is going to be like a continuation that we see from from other uh, Xbox games. I would love it to be true because uh, I really enjoyed the Hive Busters. I really thought it was you know a big uh, surprise and 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 Game Pass um, the the month that it came out. And, and so I would really, really like to see them kind of continue that formula. Um, now, your ideas of a third-person um, horror-esque uh, game mode or whatever, I don't think that that is very well suited for... Um, you know, you know, for like the Hive Buster kind of formula. I think that that would be... It's not a bad idea. I, I, think, I think it is a good idea. Um, but I think it's better suited for a standalone game rather than, you know, a short three hour story, uh, you know, attached to a first person shooter. Um, but with that being said, I think it would be absolutely incredible if they did create, you know, a side piece of content where maybe you're playing as an ODST, uh, you yes. can squat up with friends, you're you're in this dark, dingy, you know, cave or facility or whatever, and there's just flood coming out from every single direction. And I think the most important thing about, you know, side content like that is to not make it an afterthought. You know, put you know an extreme amount of of care and polish into this, and then you know have you know that four hour you know horror esque uh, story that you can play with your friends as an ODST trooper fighting off you know the flood, and then maybe even add in a multiplayer component. You know, kind of like what uh, Call of Duty does with its zombies mode, where you're you know hunkered down, or what Gears does with Horde, where you're hunkered down in you know a small area and you're fighting off waves and wave you know wave after wave after wave of flood. I think that you know something like that could really be done and could be done very very well with a lot of success. You know. Uh, tied along in a hive buster as you know like um you know extension to halo infinite um <clears throat> I, yeah i i i 110 can back behind that and, and what you're saying with you know the community manager saying that no this producer role is for halo infinite um you know it could be for you know side content you know similar to this absolutely it could be um now whenever I heard um, them talking about being able to play as, you know, Palmer and Locke and, um, you know, all these other characters um, in Halo Infinite. I always imagined that they were more of talking about the core game, right? Like whenever the game comes out, you're going to be able to play different sections um, uh, as these characters. Uh, and, and so that's what I've kind of always thought was was their direction or their, you know, kind of, um, I guess, direction with that. Um, but I, I, I think that there, you know, the Halo universe is, is huge. There's a ton of lore. I would absolutely love to see them extend into other branches. Honestly, I would really love to see them share the franchise with other studios who really do, uh, uh, you know, a, a damn good job with third person games and allow them a go at making, you know, that dark, gritty next Halo game. Um, I, I would absolutely love to see the Halo franchise um, expand, expand a lot. Um, but I don't want it to really be an afterthought. I don't want it to be, you know, um, a, a, a Spartan assault. Right. Oh um, God, no. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, well, definitely, you definitely don't want that. Absolutely, I don't want it to be an afterthought. I want it to be something that they put a lot of care into. Um, but 
you know, to, to just kind of, you know, uh, harken back to, you know, your initial question. Yes, I absolutely think that the Hive Buster formula could work uh, tremendously well with Halo Infinite. I would love to see it. Uh, but then going beyond that, I would love to see them do even more than just the, you know, uh, a, a couple of, you know, extension uh, standalone, you know, DLC stories uh, with Halo Infinite. I would really love them, you know, to see them expand the franchise, you know, beyond uh, just your first person shooters. Um, the only thing is with your idea, I just don't see the third person horror kind of um game that or, or extension that you're you know imagining really meshing very well as a standalone side piece to a first person shooter i mean listen i i mean again i i i did incorporate my theory with a, a three to five hour hive buster dlc but what what mm -hmm. if the second project what if the second project is um, something like an ODST. Now, ODST was made. It was made, uh, you know, as a, as a side content to incorporate Halo Three. And again, obviously, the main character was Buck, who showed up uh, in um, obviously a Halo Five. The the main just, just jumping in. The main character was not Buck. It was the rookie. You're playing as the rookie, but Buck was in there. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. Thank you for the correct. Yes, you are playing as the rookie. Buck was a part of it. What if you are playing Buck in in and because obviously he's not dead. So mm -hmm. again, this you know hypothetical side project. See, my my thing is it, it's the wording that really does get me, and and, and why I think because the, the guy's name is John, and uh, I think it's uh, Janazek. Is, is who the community manager is that came out and said that, no, 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 that's just boilerplate plate talk for, you know, uh, for, you know, hiring a new producer. But again, it, it's, it's, he's, he's not lying when he says that they could potentially be hiring, uh, you know, a producer for Halo Infinite, but what in Halo Infinite? Because the game is just from, listen, I mean, again, it's, it's, I don't think I'm talking out of turn here, Zemi, the game is, from what we understand, done. The people have played the game from front to back and back mm -hmm. to front. They're just fixing the graphics, mm -hmm. which a lot of people had a problem with. So why would you need a producer for that? See, that's where it gets a little strange to me. Look, we're not going to know if there's a, a if there's a side project coming out. I know a lot of people in the chat are saying they just want Halo Infinite to be good. Guess what? I think it's going to be fantastic, to be honest. I have real, real faith that um you know with the return of some ogs that understood what it was to make a halo game a halo game we're going to get some big things uh but you know what i, I do i want i want to bring kirby louise into the conversation kirby listen obviously for you you're a developer uh and uh and you obviously understand development talk is it is it safe to potentially assume that Microsoft, or more specifically, 343 Industries, would have some side projects in mind for the announced 10-year plan for Halo Infinite? Um, I think it's definitely possible. Um, when you brought up, uh, what was it, the Mario 3D World port at the beginning of the show, that kind of, what this reminded, this kind of reminded me of the, uh, how Nintendo kind of did a similar thing with the Captain Toad levels in that game. Yes. And yes. they were basically 
people liked them enough to get, I think, what was it one or two spinoffs, ports to 3DS and Switch, etc. Um, but I think there, you do have to take a little bit of, of, I don't know how to put this, care or nuance with doing it because those were still, they were still primarily platformers. Like, they just changed it around to be puzzles rather than jumping. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not sure, like, the idea of a of the third-person horror thing is it going too far, like straying from kind of the core first-person shooter? I, I I don't know. Obviously, it depends on exactly how it works, but it I definitely think that it would be possible in uh, if Halo Infinite's going to have like a seven or ten-year uh, lifespan to continuously add. Uh, new missions or areas of the world or whatever with alternative gameplay, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. A couple of people bring up some really good points. Z black, Riot, A good friend of the show. He says, Xbox has a thousand people working on halo, lots of room for side projects. And, um, we have here Duke. He says, uh, n- no, it probably will never happen, but a Dead Space-styled Halo would be effing amazing. And see, that's really where I was going. Because, look, we know what Halo is, right? And again, folks, this is this is a this is a v- extremely hypothetical conversation. And obviously, we have a, a really big show planned for Thursday. But I kind of wanted to add a little bit of, uh, of fun to this Xbox 101, not only because we were talking with Kirby Louise, but... You know, again, I I am still banking that they're working on something else. I I, I find it very, very hard to believe. And again, maybe I'm not a producer. I don't know. But I have I, I, I find it hard to believe that they would be looking for a producer for Halo Infinite for a game that's already done. They're not going to be doing anything really different other than polishing this game to make it the best Halo we've ever played. They there's and I have no doubt that's going to be the fact. I am still banking that there is something uh, that is going to be considered a side story while telling the the, uh, the Halo Infinite, and I would love it to be exactly what this gentleman just said. I would love a, a different take on Halo. Listen, the flood is scary, and and if you remember playing through the you know uh, Combat Evolved, when you got into those tight corridors. And, and, and you saw the stuff kind of happening to the other Marines. You're like, oh, shit. You had, you had plenty of oh, shit moments. And it would be pretty damn awesome to see, considering that they're going to be on Zeta Halo, which is where they did experiments on the Flood, to incorporate that lore. Because, again, I've been, say, I've been calling for the, the, the return of the Flood for quite some time. And I don't know how many people in the chat dig the Flood as much as I do. But I, I like the Flood. I think they're a very interesting race. And I and I don't know if you. I mean, can you Zemi incorporate both the Flood and the and the and, and Atriox's crew in the same game? It might be too much, right? Yeah, I mean, so you know, kind of just to harken back to you know what I was saying. I really enjoy the idea that you're saying of like a third person horror 
um, game that that incorporates the you know that incorporates the flood, right? I, it, but in all fairness, I think that you could do a third-person horror game even without the flood. I think elites and brutes and and jackals and those types of characters are scary enough if you are playing as the perspective of like an Oni agent or, uh, you know, a Marine, uh, just, you know, a regular guy, not a big Spartan with, with years and years of, you know, compounding training. I think that, you know, the actual covenant itself is, is, is creepy, uh, is, you know, is, is, is a creepy enough, uh, set of characters for you to do a very good horror game. The only problem is that I just think it would be really hard to mesh that third person gameplay, you know, as, as a side to a first person game. And I also think that you really wouldn't be giving enough respect to, to what you're, to what you're talking about. Right. I would much rather see like a third person horror, you know, um, you know, experience in the halo universe to be its own standalone game. However, I think that you really could, you know, make a quite creepy, you know, uh, addition to Halo Infinite, you know, having you play as, you know, um, ODST or or Marines or whatever, um, first person with your buddies, you know, exploring through, you know, an old, uh, you know, facility on, on um, Installation 7 uh, and, and discovering that the flood is there or something, right? Um, I think that there's really a lot that you could do with that. Just the whole third person aspect of it, I think would be better suited for a standalone game and would be kind of confusing and 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 I don't think would work very well um as as a three hour you know side experience to a first person shooter. I would really like to see them if they did take that third person approach to make it its own standalone game and give that type of experience its own respect rather than just making it you know just a side experience of a first person shooter i mean listen again i i love where everyone's going with this and again the chat has been really great i mean obviously you you you, you walked along this this path of lunacy with this old man so i definitely appreciate <laughs> it uh listen again i i don't know what's going to happen i know there's a lot of people very expecting big things um uh, and as let's see here, Pixelbit G says, Atriox and the Flood are in Halo Wars 2. So, yes, you can 100%. Uh, uh, yeah, he's you know, you are right about that because, yes, you are fighting. You, there is Flood. I don't know. Sure. I mean, it's it, it's going to be interesting to say the least. But, folks, listen, we we are a few minutes past what this normal show is, is normally, uh, you know, 60 minutes. We gave you 70 minutes today. Uh, I want to thank the 300 plus people that came out. Definitely want to thank the super chats that came out. Uh, again, the generosity is tremendously appreciated, more than you know. Um, and I, you know, and obviously, uh, you don't have to, but I definitely appreciate it. And again, if if you want to further your support, there is channel membership, uh, and it's five dollars per month. You could just jump on. You can hit the subscribe button, and uh, you know, obviously, you have uh, you know have access to all of the uh, you know different emojis that include obviously Game Genie Prime, who just put up the Larry Herb white gloves. <laughs> But uh, let, let me get out to the outros and get everyone out of here. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to spend, uh, you know, an hour and change with us on this new Xbox program. As we get closer to E3, there's certainly going to be more um, deep dives that we're going to get on games and potentially what they're going to be showing at E3 2021, which is confirmed to be all digital. And you can find that 
uh, twice a week with two Xbox shows. If you're an Xbox fan, this is the place for you to be. We'll start with our very special guest, uh, Kirby Louise. First of all, thanks so much for dropping the knowledge bombs today. Obviously, you made it certainly much easier for me to understand. I'm sure a lot of people really dug what they were, uh, what you were putting down. Tell everyone about what you're working on, but more importantly, where can people reach out and strike up a conversation on social media? Thanks. Um, so right now I'm working on a number of uh, programming projects. The main two are a pair of game engines for uh, Xbox, PC, and Switch. And uh, they are capable of both 2D and 3D graphics. Nice. I, uh, and then the other projects are like an open source equivalent to the Digital Foundry Toolkit and some tools for Minecraft with ray tracing. Um, but you can reach out to me on Twitter at Kirby Zero Luis. I always have my DMs open, and you know, just always shoot me a question at any time. Um, I'll I'll try to you know help you out with whatever. Um, it was good being on. I can't wait uh, for tomorrow to see if this back compat FPS doubling rumor is true. When that's about it. Well, yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here. You know, real quick before we get to Zemi's outro, I I, I said I was going to mention it. Uh, they have some new information that came forward for Xbox Game Pass. Um, uh, co coming to console is Elite Dangerous. Uh, Killer Queen Black is coming to cloud and console. Um, they also have here uh, Dead Fire Ultimate Edition. That's coming to cloud and console. Wreckfest which I had a chance to review from the company, which is actually pretty damn good, uh, is coming to console, PC, and cloud. But uh, the big one, folks, the big one is freaking Dirt 5 is coming mm -hmm. to PC, cloud, and console. And you know why I'm happy? I'm happy because finally people are going to see what I have been raving about. I've been playing this game. I have, a, a I have so much footage recorded it's obscene that's how much i've been playing this game it is as fun and i'm going to say this potentially even more fun than forza horizon 4 it is the control is so perfect i don't even know what to say i absolutely love the game uh, and, and now you don't have to buy it folks you can go out and you can download it on Xbox Game Pass later this month. Also, super hot Mind Control Delete is coming to PC, and Code Vein is coming to PC. So those are the seven titles being added in the next couple of weeks. But Dirt 5, folks, yes, I'm telling you, you will be convinced once you play it, uh, and we'll be talking about that later. Just you know, Obviously, you DM me or you know, at me on Twitter and tell me whether you loved it or you hated it. But Zemi Games, yep. why don't you tell people? about what you're working on, because obviously you got your incredible website that I think that you might be able to snag some more writers for. And also, where can people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So the main thing that I'm doing um, you know, currently right now and kind of anymore is uh, I'm, I'm really working to build a website called ConstantGamer.com. It's pretty much like an IGN, a Kotaku. The only difference is that 
you know, we try to stay more objective, more factual and more relevant uh, in, in our, you know, in our approach to gaming, you know, news and features and reviews and just all of that type of gaming journalism. Um, so if you're looking for a more objective uh, place to get your gaming news um, or read up on your gaming news, rather, uh, definitely check out constantgamer.com. Uh, in addition to that, we also have a community section that we post quizzes to um, semi-regularly. Uh, um, Boom has a great quiz on there for Resident Evil, uh, and it spans through like all of the Resident Evil games. Uh, so if you're a big fan, if you want to, you know, test your uh, test your knowledge of the Resident Evil, you know, franchise universe, uh, definitely stop by the site and uh, give that a try. Uh, and then uh, Boom uh, was mentioned this as well, and we are still looking for writers for the site. Uh, you don't have to be, you know, some uh, fancy person with a ton of knowledge in journalism. All you got to do is be a gamer that can string. Uh, you know, a, a half decent sentence together and, 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 you know, we'll welcome you. Um, yeah. So, so if you are interested in writing for constantgamer.com, just uh, stop by the website, uh, click on the contact us button, and then click on the button that says join the team and just fill out a short application and submit it in. Uh, and we are still doing uh, video content on YouTube. Uh, the YouTube channel is called constant gamer. Uh, you guys can also check us out on Twitter and to, you know, just an easy way to get to both of those is uh, in the top uh, right hand corner of the site. There's uh, social uh, buttons to just click and it will take you directly to our social media pages. Uh, but yeah, boom, man, this show is fantastic. We hit three topics and uh, a lot was uh, a lot was talked about, man. This was a really good show. I mean, listen, again, this is something, you know, we, we are ever evolving the show as we continue to, to you know, to do this is we're, we're only in week five of it. We, we're starting to see the numbers grow. Obviously, we had over 300 people, which is pretty dope. Uh, and obviously, I want to continue to grow. Uh, again, you know, we started out as a, a show that's going to talk specifically about two games and keep it moving. But I think that people want to hear news. So what Wazemi and I are going to do is we're going to incorporate some of the games that are going to be talked about uh, throughout the year that are big releases coming in 2021. But we're also going to incorporate uh, some gaming news, some gaming happenings into the conversation. And, and again, you know, w w I mean, we could potentially move this to a night. It's never going to be a two hour show. This is meant to be a smaller Xbox topic. The big the big guns come out for uh, the Xbox factor on Thursdays, because that's when we have the whole crew together. But we are certainly will not shy away from uh, talking about Xbox happenings. And again, you know, if you have ideas that you kind of want us to talk about, hit me up, hit, hit Zemia or me in the DM, because we're always, you know, we're always, our DMs are open and we're always looking to obviously expand the content. Uh, but uh, listen, folks, this has been a great show. I want to thank all of the Super Chats that have come in. The generosity is tremendously uh, appreciated. Uh, I love the... Um I love all of the uh, back and forth that the chat has. This is a very safe chat, thanks to our sheriff, known as Lethal Papa. You know, obviously keeping these streets safe by walking silently and carrying a very big band stick. So, of course, thank you so much for... Yeah, I just saw that Lethal. And, of course, speaking of Lethal Papa, he just took care of a real knucklehead that just jumped in at the last minute. And <laughs> My God. I mean, listen, folks, you, you really got to ask yourself, what are you doing with your life if you got to come to someone's show and just be an ass? Don't, don't do that. Come hang out. Have fun. 
give your point. Everyone's point is valid, but don't be a, a D bag like Lethal Papa who just ba- who banded this guy. But anyway, folks. <laughs> you know, that, that is a fantastic transition into what your dad used to tell you. I know. Exactly. That's absolutely right. My dad used to tell me a lot of things. He was. My God, my dad was my hero who he's always going to be. But he, he, he taught us a lot of really important lessons, and one of which was treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. And you live by those rules, I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode on the Xbox podcast. Yeah, of, of Xbox one-on-one. <laughs> take care, everyone. Have a good day, and we'll see you oh. next week. <laughs> <laughs>